Welcome to day 295 of Shape by the Word. Paul Kemp here with the Kreskis, uh, Katie and Matthew. And uh, we conclude our reading through the book of Hebrews today. Uh, the book of Hebrews has been so deeply enjoyable. It uh, gives us a window into how the New Testament authors saw the beauty of the Old Testament you know, being fulfilled in Christ. And as we read it and we see how the images are fulfilled in Christ, it deepens our enjoyment of both Old Testament and New Testament as we see you know, God's unfolding purposes for us to be redeemed and become his people through the Lord Jesus Christ. As we come to chapter 13, mostly he's just kind of giving us some concluding remarks. But as with many biblical authors, he says more in his introduction and more in his conclusion uh, you know, than just simply a hello and a, and, a, and a goodbye. So there's still some rich theology that we cover in, a, in chapter 13. So before we uh, read... As always, let's offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord. Katie, do you mind lifting us up? Father, thank you. Thank you for um, just this day that we get to um, spend this moment with you and um, as your as your people um, engaging with your word together. Spirit, would you um, just reveal more of who you are um, to us through your word and um just bring to life um, the words on this page and would you use it as only you can do to transform us into um, more and more the image of, of Jesus. So help us as we, um, as we read and as we interpret and as we engage with your word. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hebrews chapter 13. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison, and those who have mistreated, uh, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can mere men do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word, word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teaching. It is good for your hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. The high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do good and share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority, because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Pray for us. We are sure that we have clear conscience and desire to live honorably in every way. I particularly urge you to pray so that I may be restored to you soon. Now may the grace of God, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead, our Lord that Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. 
and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I urge you to bear with my word of exhortation, for in fact I've written to you quite briefly. I want you to know that our brother Timothy has been released. If he arrives soon, I will come with him to see you. Greet all your leaders and all the Lord's people. Those from Italy send you their greetings. Grace be with you all. And nice closing to a really nice, rich letter. And of course, he he still is introducing us to a brand new Old Testament concept. Even as we move, you know, toward the end, the whole concept of Jesus being crucified outside the camp, and he uses, you know, the imagery of Jesus being crucified outside the city gate in order to preserve uh, the cleanliness of the city or the purity of the city. Uh, and uh, we are to go to him out there where, well, the outside part of the camp is where the unclean, the distanced, the separated from God were, and yet he, he went outside in order to draw us near. So fun stuff all the way through. Yeah. What a great irony in that, too, is, you know, Jesus is outside the, the camp, and, you know, when we go and he says, you know, bear the disgrace that he bore, it's, it's there in that moment of maybe in the place where we think is unclean is actually where we find you know, cleansing. cleansing, where we've where we've come under uh, the the blood of Jesus and, and experienced no, salvation. And, and of course, he's already told us, you know, to fix our eyes on Jesus, the Author and Perfecter of our faith. You know, who for the joy set for before him endured this cross, scorning its shame. And there's no more shameful, you know, death, you know, than the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, and no more shameful place to die in the city of Jerusalem than outside of the city, outside of the city walls. And, of course, he makes the comparison to uh, the places outside of the camp and the comparison with, the, you know, the Old Testament priest who would take the leftover parts of sacrifice out there and destroy them outside the camp so they wouldn't, you know, defile the rest of the city. And even the priest who took them outside the camp had to be purified before they could come back in. Mm. And, and so it is a rich image all the way around. Uh, I love um, in verse 9, don't be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It's good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so. He's saying, you know, you're you're tempted to go back towards these um, ceremonial things, these things that you're so used to, um, and be strengthened by them. But the strength that we gain is um, is so much more from the grace that we've um, been given in Christ. And uh, so it's it's a fun little comparison that he has there. No, mm-hmm. and, and we very often, you know, call our practices means of grace. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we do so, what we were talking about is, you know, if you, if you just, you know, perform these things as rituals in and of themselves, they lose all meaning. But if you realize the grace, you know, that they're introducing you to and the grace that they bring you into, uh, then they have a much, you know, deeper, you know, deeper significance. And so... It's not saying that we dismiss you know, any, any form of practice or any form of ritual, but we never let practice or ritual become bigger yeah. than the reality that they are introducing us to and leading us, you know, leading us into. The ritual is not the end. It's a means to an end. It's a tool that brings us into a good position of grace where we can receive the, the most grace from, from him. It's good. I love how he begins chapter 13, too. You know, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. You know, it, it's not enough to just love someone once or to, to show a, a display of love once. You know, I mean, it's it's this call to continually love one another as brothers and sisters. 
And, and then how he follows it. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so some have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. I mean, all the Old Testament stories that pop up there. Mm-hmm. And he says, continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. And there's this identification that, mm-hmm. that we have with the brothers and sisters, you know, the body of Christ, that when they suffer, we suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, it, it changes the way that we view, I mean, those who are walking through hardship, enduring you know, mistreatment, and especially for this context, you know, I, I would have to imagine just from some of the other letters, even when Paul says, you know, don't don't think of my imprisonment as, as a shameful thing, or, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that you're willing to, to continue to identify with me in my imprisonment, mm-hmm. you know, but for us, you know, we, we tend to, to try to run away from suffering, and, and instead of, you know, coming alongside our brothers and sisters who might be in the midst of suffering, or imprisonment and remembering them mm-hmm. and you know the category of hospitality you know the, the greek word is a uh, uh, you know made up of two you know compound words which is stranger and in love you know to love the stranger and of course uh the category before that you know in loving brothers and mm-hmm. sisters is made up of two greek words it means you know, you know the word for love and love for you know, word for brother or sister and so there's two different directions you know that our you know, commitment to christ shows itself and how we uh, relate to those in the body of Christ with deep love and affection, mm-hmm. and how we relate to those who just happen to come across our path that we've never met before, uh, you know, with deep love and affection. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's a picture of the Old Testament as well. You know, the love for community, the love for your, you know, fellow Israelites, and also the love for the stranger or the alien or the disaffected, you know, that should come across your path as well. And so the direction, you know, is going into, you know, two. Uh, beautiful directions there and a lot of times when we hear the word hospitality we think of uh, you know that part of brotherly love but it's hospitality is really what we extend beyond the boundaries of normal community Mm -hmm. you know to those around us and i think it's important to make the distinction especially those of us who are in the south um, that hospitality doesn't necessarily mean entertaining and having groups over to our home to show off our home and to make them as comfortable as possible so that when they leave, they talk about how great that experience was. Because I think we can assume that hospitality means having people over, but a lot of times we make it more about us and, and doing that. Entertaining is a lot of times coming from a place of pride, right? Or a place of needing approval. So uh, idols that are in our hearts. So, but hospitality is so much more about the other person and, and reaching out and like what you said, just showing that love to that brother or sister in Christ or to that, that person, that stranger that we don't really even know. And it's about proximity too. I think it's about opening up ourselves um, to, to the other person and not necessarily... Um, entertaining them with our all amenities. <laughs> and, uh, no, and, yeah, and, and it's of course in that Jesus said, when you when you throw a party, don't invite those you know that yeah. are you know like you that are fluent that are able to pay you back, uh, or invite you know them so that they'll invite you. But invite the poor, or the lame, mm-hmm. and and so you get that idea. That's what it means, you know, to uh, to extend grace. Uh, you know, to the you know to the stranger, and usually by stranger we're we're talking about not just simply someone you've never met, but someone who is disaffected, disadvantaged, and mm-hmm. and, and separate. You know, in, in a lot of different ways. And then of course you come back, you know, to verse fifteen, and you have the same theme through Jesus. Therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess His name. 
and do not forget to do good and share with others for with such sacrifices God is pleased mm-hmm. and it's easy for us to think of the first sacrifice of the sacrifice of offering our worship to God but our worship of God always and of course we're going to hit this a lot in James next week when we mm-hmm. go into you know the book of James actually James this week mm-hmm. as we continue in the book of James that uh, our love for God shows itself most and how we extend ourselves and our worship for God shows itself most and mm-hmm. how we extend his grace and love to those you know to those around us mm-hmm. and so this is the heart of you know what it is and of course James will tell us this is religion I'm getting way ahead of us God <laughs> the Father accepts us you know pure and faultless to uh, keep oneself from being polluted by the world and to tend for to um, orphans and yeah. widows in their distress yeah you have to love the, the portrait he gives of Jesus, too, in verse 8. You know, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and mm-hmm. forever. You know, the, the, the God is unchanging. Jesus is unchanging. And, and especially for us, you know, as Bible readers, you know, 2,000 years later, and we tend to read some of these stories or we read about the character and the person of Jesus, and you read the Gospels, and you see him deal kindly with, you know, this person. You wonder, could he ever deal kindly with me or gently with me or you know, you see him deal harshly in this area, you know, and he's the same. He, when we read about him in the Gospels, it's not as if it's like, well, I wonder what Jesus would be like today. Mm-hmm. The author of Hebrews tells us he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, he is an unchanging God. No. And, and, of course, the writer of Hebrews has been encouraging his readers, you know, from beginning to remember the initial joy with which they had come to mm-hmm. Christ and the, the experience, you know, that they had when they first came to him and the excitement of seeing transformed lives, seeing a brand new, you know, sense of community. And so he's reminding them that the same Jesus who did those early works in their life is still working yeah. and is still, you know, available. And, of course, he encourages them to think of, in this particular instance, to think of their leaders in the past who, you know, were part of that rich early heritage. And then, you know, later on in verse 17, think of your present leaders. And, of course, the encouragement there is to, uh, you know, honor your leaders so that you're part of a joyful community that benefits all people. And a lot of times we're always going to have differences, you know, with our leaders, and we're always going to have differences with one another and you even think about you know what paul said in philippians and at the end of this magnificent letter you know his first application almost is you know, and i plead with yodia and Sintica, agree with each other for the lord mm-hmm. in, in other words for the sake of community he didn't even really address what the difference is it's just our ability to be a joyful you know a joyful community mm-hmm. and uh then of course he closes with this marvelous you know benediction mm-hmm. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, that is God's desire, uh, you know, to continue to work in us so that our lives are more and more pleasing to him but it's not you know just the works that he you know works in us it's the heart that he creates within us so we not only talk about doing his will outwardly we talk about his work in us that enables us to do his will and to live lives that are pleasing to him and of course that is the gospel mm-hmm. you know that jesus is doing in and through us what we could never do mm. you know ourselves by the grace of the gospel in the presence of the Holy Spirit to the glory of God the Father. Mm-hmm. Amen. There you go. <laughs> Matt, you mind closing us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. 
Father, we pray along with the author of Hebrews that you would equip us with everything good for doing your will and you would work in us what is pleasing to you through Christ Jesus. Father, would you get glory through it? Do this in us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.